Welcome to Inside JMS, the stories behind the people who work at the Hank Greenspun School of Journalism and Media Studies. I'm Kevin Stoker. I'm the director of the school. Today we have Kevin e. Martin, a visiting lecturer in sports media, and we're excited to have you here, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. So now we have to ask the challenging question right off the get-go. So is Kevin e. a driver or a three-point shooter? <laughs> That's a great question because um, originally, early on in my career, I was a slasher. I had a crazy fast first step. I was able to blow by my defender. Um, but after six knee surgeries, I had to change my game. And I became the traditional run the baseline, shoot three. So yeah, it's a great question because a lot of people don't phrase it that way. But yeah, my game has evolved. So now um, I would say I'm more of a traditional three-point set shooter. So tell me how kind of your experience at Monmouth College, right? Or yeah. university. Yeah. I'm as four years as uh, Division One basketball. Yeah. Um, tell me how that experience kind of translated into your media career, and where, you know, what was it that did you start out thinking I'm going to be a journalist uh, and a sports figure, or did you start out thinking, you know, kind of go into sports and say, oh, journalism might be a good idea. Yeah. Um, so a lot, like a lot of athletes, um, my dream was to be a professional basketball player. That's what I wanted to be. Um, so my entire, you know, from second grade on, my life revolved around basketball year round. Um, AAU all through high school, um, I started to gain traction in my sophomore year, um, was ranked as the top 50 sophomores um, in Pennsylvania. Mm, um, but heading into my, yeah, it was it was exciting. I was getting, rec uh, you know, looks by Bucknell, Lehigh, Penn State. Penn State was my dream school, actually. Mm. Um, and then heading into my junior year of high school is when I suffered my first knee injury, mm. which was like... The worst thing, um, and a lot of D1 schools just, you know how it is. It's a business. They just completely forget about you, move on to the next player. Um, thankfully, Monmouth University kept their interest, believed in me, and um, I ended up signing with them. And I, I, it's kind of the cliche where it's like everything happens for a reason, right? Um, and I had the best experience at Monmouth. Um, like you said, did I know going in that I wanted to be a journalist? 100%. In my uh, yearbook, my senior year, it was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was either a professional basketball player. At that point, my knees were pretty much gone. So I was like, I just want to make it through college on a full <laughs> ride. Um, but I put sports columnist. So I always knew I wanted to get into sports writings, that type of thing. Never TV. That was never on my mind until about my senior year of college. And that's when I kind of gave it a try and haven't looked back since. So tell me about that. So did, was it a real fascination with writing or... Was it just kind of like, I, I want to be in on what's going on? Yeah, so I've obviously, since I had that background in basketball, um, you know, my whole life, my family, all athletes. So growing up, it was just a house full of athletes, right? So I had that athletic background. And then also um, my family, I come from a family of writers. Um, on my mom's side, my family owned a newspaper in Titusville, Pennsylvania for decades. It's in um, your DNA. Yes. Yeah, so um, I always had that like writing gene and always wanted to be a writer. And my mom's a writer and that type of thing. My sister writes a lot. So um, it kind of was just the perfect marriage as far as my two passions in life, writing and sports, and then kind of came into one. Then how did the broadcasting element enter? 
enter the picture? Literally out of the blue, like I said. So going into my senior year of college at Monmouth, um, someone sent to oh, me. Oh, so this is senior year of college. I was yes. senior year of high school. No. no. So I had majored, like I was the sports editor of our student newspaper. Like that was, wow. that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to write. Um, and like I said, going into my senior year at Monmouth, they someone said like, hey, have you ever thought about giving TV a try? And I was like, no, you know, I absolutely not. So similar to here at UNLV, the Rebel Report, we had a student-run sports show, um, Hawk Vision, and I was like, you know, tried it out, and I literally was like, this is what I want to do. But you know, you're heading into your final year of college. I had no experience, so um, it was like learn on the fly type thing. Um, but it was it was worth it. So now tell me how you got your first job and what. <laughs> That's also an interesting story. So, like I said. I didn't know what a reel was, didn't know what a VO was, package, you know, all the the terminology. Um, so, you know, the, the professors in that field and some of the students helped me put together this reel that, I mean, we threw this reel together. Like, I still have it and I watched it back a couple months ago and I was like, yikes, I sent that out. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's that's how it is. You learn, you grow and everything. So it's kind of, in a, in, a way, in a sense, it's kind of beautiful to look back on it and be like, oh my gosh, I've grown so much, right? And back then I thought it was like the best reel. I was like, oh, I'm, you know, this is going to get me. Um, so I didn't have experience and I knew, I just wanted to get in the door. Like I was willing to do anything. Um, so I sent my reel out to a couple places and the first um, station I heard back from was KSFY, the ABC affiliate in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, Eric Thorstensen is the sports director out there, still a huge mentor for me to this day. He reached out and said, hey, I saw your reel. You know, you're super raw. You, you know, you have a lot of work to do, but we're willing to work with you. We can't offer you anything but an unpaid sports internship. At the time, Monmouth University is in New Jersey. Right. I'm from Pennsylvania. Right. And I told my parents, I was like, I'm moving to Sioux Falls for an unpaid sports internship. They're like, go for it. And <laughs> you had already graduated. Already graduated. And they're like, you don't want to, you don't want to wait around to see if anyone offers you something paid. And I was, <laughs> I don't know. It's like one of those things. How I ended up at Monmouth, it felt like was right. Mm -hmm. And in in my heart, I was like, this just feels right. So I packed up my car, didn't know a single soul in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Drove out there, um, worked at this. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, this uh, like it's like a you know Midwest like old. Uh, restaurant to get you know to make ends you know to yeah. pay to be out there to get gas and all this stuff um one of the sports reporters lived there and he let me move in him and his wife and his kids and they let me move into their basement for free so i lived in their basement for free oh, yeah it was wow. just like a family this is, this is cool it was cool um so they let me they basically what i did i was that annoying intern i did everything anything they wanted so that i could gain the experience and move up so i was only out there for nine months and then Kept moving so on. you were unpaid the full nine months yep. working at a restaurant. Working at a restaurant to pay for my gas because, like I said, I the living was free. They were like, "Yeah, move in." You know, we've had interns before. Move into our basement. Um, th they were awesome. The it, the thing was, is they're like, "You just have to babysit our kids on the weekends so we can have date night." And I was like, "Deal." Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like it was amazing. Um, so yeah, they uh, worked out perfectly. But in those nine months, since it was such a small market. I got anchoring experience, I got reporting experience, everything. So I built this reel that was actually, you know, worth sending out to other markets. So tell us why when you left after nine months, it was kind of like to go to another job? Yes. You found a job. So yeah, in the Bay Area that. of California. So 
again, kind of similar uh, situation as Monmouth. I started to send my reel out. This one, you know, there was a lot more substance behind it. And, you know, I, I at least I looked like I knew what I was doing or, you know, I felt like a little bit better about this. And um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the high school sports show in the Bay Area. It's called Cal High Sports Bay Area. It's a regional mm-hmm. sports show. Um, the founder of that, uh, so it airs on Comcast Sportsnet California. So it's like a great opportunity for like young journalists to get their foot in like a big market, right? To get like to get your foot in the Bay Area of California, people like start there and they spend their whole career there, right? Like they don't leave. So um, he reached out, saw my reel. I went for an interview and got the job out there. So That's went great. from Sioux Falls to the Bay Area. That's a huge jump. Company. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was nervous um, and excited. And it was a great experience um, covering high school sports out there. It's kind of similar to Texas. Um, you have De La Salle, who has like a Netflix special about them. Um, so, yeah, it was just a really cool um, experience out there. How do you feel the experience you had in Sioux Falls really set you up for a career? Because that's what you were building, whether you knew it or not. I mean, you were you were learning the ropes. You were learning how broadcasting worked. But it obviously positioned you in such a way so that when you sent your reel off to one of the top 10 markets in the United States, they took you seriously. Yeah. How did, how did that, I, I, I've got two questions here. Number one, were, was that really what you were going for at the time or did it not really occur to you until later that I'm building a career right now? And does that same pathway exist today for our students that are going through our program right now? And, you know, if it's changed, if it's shifted, I, I'd be curious your take on both of those things. Yeah. So the first question, um, you know, at the time I really didn't. Um, I just saw an opportunity and I was like, uh, Eric Thorstensen's giving me this opportunity and I'm going to take it. Um, and it was it's tough. And I, I try to explain this to my students and, you know, uh, the younger generation that I mentor, you know, when you first start off in the business, first off, you have to be willing to do, you know, go anywhere. A lot of times, um, you know, you're you have you see ESPN and you see these network shows, right? And you're like, I that's what I want to do. But it takes time. Like, don't get me wrong, there are people that break into the business and they go straight to network and you know, that's amazing, right? But the majority of us have to start small and we have to be willing to go to the Sioux Falls, to the Omaha's, to and and do everything. Produce, edit, you know, show that you can do everything, break into the business, um, get your hands dirty. Um, so at the time, uh, to go back to your question, no, I, you know, it was kind of just more of like, okay, this is an opportunity. Um, but then um, another aspect of it, and I try to, uh, you know, tell my students this, enjoy the journey. And I know it's so hard because you like you're like okay I want to go here I'm I, I'm gonna give myself a year to grow I want to go to the next I want to go to the next but to this day the best experience I've had in this business is Sioux Falls without a doubt it, like I look back at that time and I'm like I wish I would have just sat back and enjoyed it more right because <laughs> I was looking so far like okay I got to do this to get here I got to do this and I know it's so hard because a lot of times you know been when, when you've experienced it you can look back. And I try to just tell my students, you know, especially the ones that are getting into those small markets now, I'm like, enjoy it. I know like this isn't the end all be all for you. But while you're there, take the moments to really enjoy being in these small markets and getting your hands dirty. Um, And what was the second part of the question? Well, I'm curious, you know, you graduated and went on a career trajectory that I think was very common, right? You start in a small market, you get your reps in, you start putting a package together or a reel together that's going to get you into a larger market, Mm -hmm. right? But the industry has changed a Mm -hmm. lot, right? And I'm curious, you know, as you're talking to your students and you're sharing with them what you've been sharing with us in this podcast today, you know, 
does that model still exist today? And, you know, what other insights have you gleaned along the way that you're sharing with your students about, you know, this was the career trajectory in the past. Maybe things are a little bit different right now. Yeah, um, I think in a way it does still exist. Um, You know, you still have that local news mindset where, you know, if you want to get to those bigger top five markets, you have to pay your dues, right? In the smaller 100 markets, in the Sioux Falls um, markets. Um, But also when I graduated, you know, the Twitter and all of that was just starting, right? So now you can literally leave college and get hired as an NFL, you know, digital reporter straight out of college, which was unheard of, you know, uh, for me. So I like to tell my students that, like, that you have, you guys have a prime, prime opportunity right now. Like, where you guys are at, the opportunities. One, it's super competitive. Two, though. I mean, the opportunities are endless across the board. If you, you know, digital reporting was never, wasn't a thing five years ago, right? Now you can have Mm -hmm. a full-time job as a digital reporter and, you know, put together some really solid work and have millions of views, hundreds of thousands of views over the internet. Um, So to go back to your point, I think that model still does exist in some aspects, but also there's a new model, you know, and it's ever-changing as far as the opportunities where, Um, You know, you can go straight from UNLV to being the Raiders digital reporter, which is, you know, if you if you really think about it, that's that's a crazy jump, right, to go Mm -hmm. from being a student to an NFL digital reporter. So but it's not unheard of. So I think I, you know, I like to tell my students that, you know, it's exciting for you guys right now. Like the opportunities are endless. um, And I, you know, it's it's interesting. It's it's really fun to be a part of, you know, helping them get to that level. Well, tell us about that that career path and what you feel like you picked out from each of those jobs that you had. Yeah, so um, from Sioux Falls, I went to the Bay Area, um, and that was more of like a a regional, like I said, sports show. And that wasn't um, nightly, so it was a weekly sports show that aired every Sunday. It was an hour show, so it was different than like the quick deadlines, right? So Mm. we had a week to work on stories. We had like, and that was also a really cool experience because I got to work on my news writing because instead of trying to turn these stories daily, you know, you had a week to work on a three-minute package, like a really inspirational story about a high school athlete that you found, right, that overcame these odds, starting quarterback, you know, these really cool stories. So um, I was always kind of, I look back, I was always kind of grateful to go from like that unpaid sports internship where, you know, you're getting anchor experience, reporter experience, and you're seeing like a live newsroom to the Bay Area, which was a huge market, but it kind of slowed down for me, you know, because it was an hour show, a weekly hour show where, you know, you really got to work on certain aspects of your like on air. Uh, Our shows weren't live, so uh, all of them were pre-taped, so you got to work on stuff not pre-taped. So then I built another reel, right? So that's, you know, you're always looking for the next move. Um, And then I moved back east after that to Virginia and worked for the Fox affiliate out there covering ACC football, basketball. And that was just, that was, I coming from the basketball background, it was heaven on earth. It was amazing. Which city in Virginia? Roanoke. Oh, Roanoke. Yeah. So my main teams were Virginia Tech, Virginia, Wake Forest, those were like the three majors that we, because they were in our viewing area. Right. And then, um, you know, got to cover Duke, UNC, and it was just a blast. So I made, I went back to like the news live, um, bigger market, right? Bigger teams. Um, and then here to Vegas. So um, to go back to your question, I mean, I just, I feel like, um, you know, each stop shaped me in a different way, right? Like I said, 
It wasn't a live show in California. And then we went to Virginia and it was back to a live newsroom with bigger market, more viewers, and then over to Vegas. And um, yeah, so I think I, I think I picked up something along the way. I want to shift gears somewhat and talk about this latest part of your career trajectory yeah. being here at UNLV. So you are coming in as our lead sports media instructor, Kevin, and we've been building a program for the past few years, and we're really excited because sports in Las Vegas is obviously a, this is a prime market, yeah. so to speak. So as you've been integrating here into uh, the faculty and looking at the curriculum and thinking about things, I want to know, number one, what's most surprised you as you've made the shift from kind of being in a broadcast position where, you know, whether you're going weekly or you're going daily, but now you're working with students and they've got their, you know, we're teaching them about kind of the same things. So what's surprised you about making the jump to education? I think how um, advanced and ready the students are. Um, you know, I've obviously, I'm teaching a 300 and a 400 class. So they're kind of later on in their college careers, but I've been blown away. And I'm not just saying this, um, you know, when we first had, when I had my first meeting with the Rebel Report, which obviously is our sports show here um, at UNLV, um, we did like anchor auditions and all this stuff. And, you know, I didn't want to blow them up too big, but I was telling them, I was like, I am blown away. I know for a fact that myself, you know, I was never at the level that they are, you know, so, um, you know, it excited me. And, um, you know, I kind of like challenged them. I'm like, I know that we can not only be Emmy nominated, but we could win an Emmy. Like, so they, you know, I challenged them after I saw the talent we had in the room. So I think that's what has most surprised me is not that I didn't think that there, you know, that there was going to be talent, right? Like I was just, I came in as a blank slate. I didn't know what to expect, right? Like I was just like, you know, I'm here. I'm, I want to shape the next generation. I want to, you know, I want to have a hand in, you know, helping mold them and so that they're ready for the, you know, the career jump. Um, but yeah, I think that's what, what has most surprised me is the level of talent in the room. One of the questions that Kevin and I typically ask folks on the podcast, and I think it's a little too early for you to completely formulate that, but we ask about kind of teaching philosophy. And you're obviously early on in, in this teaching career of yours, but based upon your first month working in the classroom, working with students both in the classroom, but as well as kind of Rebel Report and the student organization, as you think about what your teaching philosophy is, what do you want it to be? Maybe this is more of a, where do, and, and again, this isn't set in stone, and this is something that all of us uh, continually refine, but you know, how do you want your teaching philosophy to be, especially as mm. students are thinking about, hmm, do I want to work with a Professor Martin over here, right? <laughs> right. Um, that's a great question, because, I mean, technically, I'm still a rookie, right? Like, this is my rookie year. Um, so... I mean, you know, as I, you, like you said, as I start to get more comfortable and, you know, as I build up classes and get some experience behind me, um, what I try to reiterate to my students, um, especially in those early classes, is you guys, we're get, you're getting into a field that is fun, right? At the end of the day, everyone in this room, especially in Rebel Report, you guys want to talk about sports for a living. 
So don't take yourself too seriously. You know, sometimes we get bogged down with perfection and what's next. And, you know, I even have that where I'm like, okay, I am teaching them. You know, I'm there, you know, for a lot of these students, this is their last stop before they hit the real world. So that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself, right? But then at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, we're talking sports here. Like, you know, so, you know, obviously you have to get them ready for, you know, being in the real world, being in a real newsroom, um, knowing the technicalities, knowing the verbiage, like VOs, pack, you know, that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, I keep reminding them, like, let's have fun with it. You know, the viewers pick up on that. Readers pick up on that. You know, the, the people that succeed in this business are the ones that, you know, have fun with it. Obviously, talent, you know, shines and all that. But um, I've been in the business long enough where um, the most memorable people I've worked with, the people that, you know, I look up to, while their talent obviously, you know, is apparent, um, they they don't take themselves too seriously. And the ones that, you know, kind of sit by the wayside, it's like, why, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, f- sports for a living. We get to, you know, we get to do a lot of people's dream jobs. Um, so that's what I keep, you know, they're in a great position, like I said earlier. And I keep reminding them that, like, you guys are in an awesome position to move into the real world and, and get these awesome jobs that people are like, oh, that's my dream job, right? And so they're, they're sitting in these prime positions. And I just, um, so that's kind of, I don't know if that's really a philosophy, like, I guess you could say so have fun with it but you know but t- you know obviously it's it's still a business and you, it's still a career so you know it's not like joking but also ha- you know like at the end of the day have fun with it does that make sense did yeah. I did I explain that right well you know one of the things that made me think about is tell us about your mentors who have been the key mentors in your career yeah um I've been lucky to have some really um good ones uh Linda Cohn from ESPN. Um, She's been there. She's amazing. Um, And she actually has some connections with Vegas, obviously, through the NHL. She's called a few games here in Vegas. So um, she's really helped me along the way. Now, how Um, did you meet Linda? Through the internet. Um, I reached out. um, I literally, I was young and I just said, hey, this is so random. Can you look at my reel? You know, one of those things. And I was like, it's Linda Cohn. She's never, sure, no problem. Let me get back to you, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, what? Like, that's like so special when, you know, these people get to that level where it's like, you know, they're known nationally, right? And um, for her to like me, I was, what, two years into the business and I just happened to reach out to her. I was like, I don't know who she, you know, I know her from TV and I think she's amazing. And for her to take the time, um, I can't even imagine the amount of, you know, people in in that that reach out to her. Um, So she, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Marshall Harris, um, he worked at Comcast Sportsnet Philadelphia when I interned there when I was at Monmouth. Um, So yeah, along the way, uh, like I said, Eric Thorstensen, who's the sports director at, at uh, in Sioux Falls. So along the way, I've always picked up like just people that have always been in my corner, right? That will look at my reel, will uh, reach out to someone if, you know, I need a contact. So, yeah, I've been super lucky in my career to have re- people like stand behind me. Has it been a benefit to um, come out of the sports world? I mean, there's a lot of uh, our students who want to do sports but never really did sports at the college level and everything else. So what is it about that that has really been a benefit to you? I think it's the... Or has has it been a, you know, not been a benefit? I think it's been a benefit, yeah. Um, You know, just to have that experience. um, And I know it's kind of cheesy, but, like, you have that... You get that, that firsthand team camaraderie, you know, at the highest level of college, right, where... Um, so much is expected of you and all this stuff. And it's kind of carried over into 
um, you know, like a like a newsroom setting, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's a team at the end of the day. And I, like I said, I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but like you look across and your co-host is is your teammate, right? Your reporter is your teammate. Your photog is the most, you know, like so it's all, you know, it's it's kind of cliche and everything. But I think that's been honestly um, the biggest thing for me is um, just like the set. Like it's such a similar setting uh, going from a team to a newsroom and having that same camaraderie and working together. And, you know, you all have these assignments and at the end of the day if you don't if you're if you miss deadline you know you're not only affecting yourself you're affecting the team similar as to playing you know playing sports if if you have a bad practice or you don't you're late to practice or something like that um it affects the whole team so i think at the end of the day that's kind of what has carried over the most for me um and obviously you know the just the experience and um having that basketball background um helps too but yeah it's definitely been been a benefit so one of the interesting things about our sports program and, and the students in it is there's a great number of uh, young women and what counsel and guidance would you give them uh, as someone who's gone into the sports world gone head-to-head with uh, all these other sports writers and everything else and also you know you're going you know covering football you're covering all different kinds of sports yeah um you know i i say stand on your own two feet you know um i think when you gain the most respect is when you have the confidence in yourself that you know you belong there right um, and it takes time. Um, when I graduated from college, you know, especially since I was brand new to TV, I was like, you know, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm, you know, put it, you know, telling these students they're in my rebel report that the females, um, I'm like, you know, at first it might be intimidating. You might be the only female in that press conference, but know you belong, you know, you, you belong there just as much as any of these guys do. Right. You've done your research. You've covered these teams. You know the sport inside and out. If you believe that in yourself, it's going to start, you know, what's the word I'm thinking about? It's going to, you know, other people are going to start catching on. And that's when they, you know, the respects is there. So, um, yeah, that's that's my main message to them, because a lot of times even now, you know, they, they seem unsure. And I'm like, no, you belong here just as much as the person next to you. Like, and know that, and it starts inside. So, um, and I and it's su- super interesting. And I think this is one of my favorite parts of teaching so far is seeing the growth of the students. Um, so we had one student audition as an anchor, and she, you could tell she was a little nervous, you know, um, reading the prompter and everything. And I pulled her aside. I was like, "You got this. You know, you, you're fine. You're doing great." And she's like, "I just don't know what you want." I was like, "Be yourself. That's what we want, right? Like, we're talking sports." Right. So um, she ended up getting one of the main anchor gigs. And um, we did our practice show last week, and she was one of the anchors that did the practice read. And the growth she had from the auditions to the first practice show, I was blown away. After class, I pulled her aside and I was like, what changed in a week? I was like, you're, you were so unsure of yourself. Uh, You know, not your reads were a little shaky, but I saw the potential in you. And in one week you became this like confident, like, and she's like, that's what it was. It was me believing in myself that I was supposed to be there. And I was like, I love it. So I think that's been my favorite part so far is just to see the growth literally in a week. So I'm so excited to see her at the end of the semester, you know, and see the work that she's doing with that. Um, so yeah, that's um, the main, you know, the, one of my favorite things that I'm seeing so far as, as a professor. That's great. Yeah. You've been really generous telling us about your professional background, but we've reached the point of the show where we have to ask the hard-hitting personal <laughs> questions, Kevin. Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. <laughs> I want to know this, and I think, so you, you touched on this a little bit, Sports is fun, right? 
And I imagine, personally, you still probably enjoy watching sports. If you could watch anything, you could just turn it on and it would be there, right? What would it be? Are you are you saying it, it, a like, particular sport? Are you saying like... It could be a particular sport. It could be a particular event or a tournament, something okay, like um, that. But it doesn't matter what time of year it is. It's just like, if you could turn it on, it would be on right now. The what? NCAA Final Four. Men's They're, or women's? Women's. Okay. There's nothing. I mean, men's is right there too, but I will die on this hill. I don't care if it's the Super Bowl. I don't care if it's any PGA major. I mean, you know, the Masters is up there. But there is no greater event in sports, in my opinion, than March Madness. And the Final Four is the culmination of that. And, oh, my gosh. Like, I even get excited talking about it. So, yeah, if there's any sport that I could turn on any day, it'd be a women's Final Four, men's Final Four right after that. Masters is a is a, is a close, close third. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I had to put that in there for Kevin. But I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big golfer, too. But uh, Masters. And they're all in the right the same time, right? So that's, like, the best time of the year, the end of March beginning of April, you have the Final Four, the National Championship, and the Masters. And Jim Nance gets to call them all. Give me your job, Jim. (laughs) Now, you come from a family that was really engaged in sports. So tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah. um, So actually, I kind of got ahead of myself. When I said my house was full of athletes, it was the kids. It is so funny, our family dynamic. So my mom and dad are probably two of the most unathletic human beings you'll ever meet in your life. (laughs) Not even exaggerating. My dad's a judge. My mom is an English teacher. And they're just two bookworms, right? So when they married and, you know, they had kids, four of us, four in five and a half years. My two oldest siblings are Irish twins. Yes. So they thought they were going to have a house full of bookworms and just kids that wanted to read and, you know, nope. We were the four most energetic, crazy athletes. They were like, where did they come from? (laughs) Like, we didn't play sports when we were kids. So, yeah, when I I have to backtrack. When I say a house full of athletes, it was the four kids. And so all four of us played sports through high school. Um, My sister was an all-state runner. My brother uh, played football, basketball, baseball, lettered in all of those. Of course, my main sport was basketball. So, like, yeah, it was just a funny um dynamic and we we still joke about it today we're like where are we really your kids because the athleticism isn't lining up so it's it's funny so when you get together as a family is it like um a basketball camp or something oh yeah oh gosh so my like my dad will play and he thinks he has the wilt chamberlain skyhook and i'm like dad 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 just don't sprain an ankle or and you know it's like i'm like please no you know because he's i mean he's tall that's where i get my height i'm six one so my dad he claims at one point that he was six five he's shrunk a few inches that happens happens. yeah so he's like six three and a half i'm being generous he's probably like six three but he's got you know he's height he has height he's lanky um he's built like a, a hooper he just didn't have any hoop jeans you know he just gave them to us um but yeah we do play we do play every time we're together and it always ends in a fight to this day <laughs> it will never not we are the most competitive you know and i love it like yeah it's who's it's the fun. reigning 21 champion is that, is yeah, that even yeah. a question? Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm, I, I yeah. mean, come on. Not even an attempt for a humble brag. <laughs> yeah, no, over that's here. right. No. No, it's just... I, I can't even remember the last time I lost in 21. <laughs> there you go. Well, Kevin, if there was a question we should have asked you that we haven't Ooh. asked you, what would that be? So I have a five-year-old Weimariner. Um, he is literally the greatest thing on this planet. His name is Reggie, named after Reggie Miller. 
who I I completely styled my three-point prowlness after I wore 31 my entire career because of Reggie. Reggie Miller has actually met Reggie. Oh, no. So it is, yeah. That's great. Reggie Miller is one of the most gracious people you ever meet, but he was very confused as to why I was thrusting my dog named Reggie. (laughs) I mean, he was amazing about it. And uh, so, yeah, so Reggie has met Reggie. Um, So, yeah, my dog is literally the greatest thing. And my dog and I, we were big trail runners. So usually if I'm not on a golf course, I'm hiking or running. Um, I've done a lot of big hikes um so yeah that's that's my passion is being in the mountains being out uh with my dog that's awesome yeah that's so cool <laughs> kevin thank you so much for sharing part of your day and part of your story with us thank yeah. you so much for we having love, me this has really been a blast you.